We are joined here on the Daily Thread by Alex Fletcher and, of course, my father. Uh, Alex, thank you for, for joining all the way from Cleveland. Thank we appreciate you. it. Thank you so much for inviting me. Okay, so we want to discuss this new show that Netflix just put out. I know it's about Jewish matchmaking, uh, the shidduch process. So I guess if you can start off by telling us a little bit about the show, um, we can start there. Sure. So yes, it's called Jewish matchmaking, and I'm going to correct you there when you say it's about the shidduch process, because I think that is the piece that we're seeing in terms of the response from the Orthodox community to the show, is that... If you're going in evaluating this and expecting that it's about Shaduchim and the firm world and that this is going to be, you know, the documentary featuring the ins and outs of the beautiful process of how we make Shaduchim, that is not what this is. And um, what it is, is essentially a beautiful from proud woman, Elisa Ben Shalom, who is the matchmaker, who is setting mm. up primarily non-religious clients. And um, she does an amazing job, I think, of representing and, you know, being a proud Orthodox woman who on television is incredibly likable. She is the mentor in this show. She is the guide. She's the teacher. She's the source of wisdom. And all of her clients look to her for, you know, for that guidance and teaching through their dating process. And what I love about her is she, first of all, is just so warm. And being likable on TV is such a huge thing. So the fact that we have an Orthodox woman who is in that role is amazing, okay? But secondly, that she weaves in, you know, Jewish concepts of just in general Judaism, but also about dating and, and certain Jewish values to people who otherwise would never have that incorporated in their life because so many of them are so far removed from their Judaism. So while there is, yes, one Orthodox couple, um, most of them, besides one other who was from and now is no longer, are are very, very secular. And I, I think it's it's wonderful to see someone this is almost, you know, bringing in Jewish values and teaching people who otherwise wouldn't have exposure to these values in their dating lives. Well, I, I think uh, also we have to point out that um, I think uh, in Jewish life, not necessarily Orthodox Jewish life, but there's, a, there's an emphasis, uh, even for non-observant people, if they're identified as Jews, there's, some, there's an identity uh, and an emphasis on tradition, you know, and there are people that will eat uh, with pork on Yom Kippur, but they don't want to hear about their children marrying out of the religion. So there's a almost a mindless type of emphasis on you know staying within the tribe, so to speak. Even though today it could be distorted to thinking that you're prejudiced and and racist, but that's a conversation for a different program. But I think uh, without having seen too much of the uh, Jewish matchmaking program, I think that is the the catalyst and the motivation for the idea, and this is something that could potentially become popular with a general audience. So, Alex, would you say that a show like this is is positive or negative? I know we're on the heels of, you know, my unorthodox life, which you have written a lot about and you've, you've spoken a lot about. Um, where does this rank? Is this something that is good for the Jewish community? And when I say Jewish community, I say the, the ones that we're really a part of, which is Orthodox Jews. Is it completely irrelevant or is it negative? Great question. I'm on the campus. So this is good for the Jewish people. We have to understand really? the perspective. You cannot look at this show as a from Jew. Honestly, Mr. Gordon, I'm happy you haven't seen much of it because there's not a lot in the show 
that's that's kosher. Now, relatively speaking, in terms of what non-Jews are exposed to, this is light entertainment. It's reality TV. It's a lot of fluff, okay? But in ter- all I care about is someone who is very passionate about representation from my orthodox life, the social media campaign, and now I'm the creative director of Faces of Orthodoxy, which is a social media initiative that tells the stories, the authentic stories of Orthodox Jews. All I care about is representation in terms of Netflix and in terms of Hollywood. And the fact that we have a wonderful representation of an Orthodox woman who is who is respected in science on this show I've never, have we ever seen a from woman in a shetel who walks into the room and kisses a mezuzah and talks about Jewish values so openly in Hollywood? We have never seen this before. So if we can expose the secular world to this woman who is also being presented as the matchmaker, she is the source of wisdom. She is the guide in such a positive way. That is good. Now, again, you know, like, is this good quality television? Is this an accurate presentation of Tzedakah? No, no, no. But I don't care about that. All I care about is that there's a woman on, in terms of this show, that there's a woman on this screen who is a, a positive role model and a, and a likable person. To me, that is a win. And I just would love to shout out here, if you look at Twitter, let's step aside and step back and see the big picture here. How are non-Jews responding to this? There are non-Jews, and I see because I follow Elisa's accounts, so she's retweeting all these accounts who are saying the best thing about this show is Elisa Ben Shalom. They love her. They love her personality. I've seen people say that this show, in comparison to Indian matchmaking, which I've never seen, which is the same director from, how this show incorporates religion, and they are finding that very fascinating to see her as a religious woman. I mean, how could that not be a win for us. Is she getting involved in like the schmutz of reality TV? Okay, that's not for me to say. All I care about is she's representing us, I think, well, and it's a positive an example of an Orthodox woman on Netflix. Yeah, would you say that she's misrepresenting what uh, Jewish relationships and what Jewish matchmaking is all about? I, I do know that um, I, I have not watched a lot of the show, but I do know that a big a big focus on the meetings she's been having with these people are, I would say, minute and not deep issues. Very, uh, <laughs> very like physical yeah. and and like how someone's eyebrows look and how their hair looks. Like that's not what Jewish matchmaking is about. Why is that? Like it does doesn't it give the the Jewish religion a bad taste when it comes to what our matchmaking fascinating. is? Fascinating. I don't think it gives religion a bad taste. I think it says a lot about the millennial Jewish millennials in terms of what their values are. I mean, yes, some of this stuff is absolutely ridiculous in terms of their criteria. What I see Elisa doing is meeting them where they're at. She is coming at this, not imposing her judgments, but as if you're coming, you know, you're coming and you're meeting people who do not have the same values. These are secular Jews, but she has the Jewish values and her challenge is how do I somehow share these with these people who are not religious, not observant, but I want to guide them to healthy relationships. Now, I'm not going to slap them in the face and say, okay, you have to do X, Y, Z, or, oh my gosh, you're being so superficial, but she's doing it. She's guiding them in such a gentle way that they, they, she becomes their mentor and she is slowly infusing with them various different Jewish concepts about dating that are healthy while creating them where they are. And that I think, that I think is great. I think Nahi, uh, I think uh, I'm listening to both of you. I think that 
you, there's not just, you know, uh, Jewish uh, matchmaking is not a monolithic thing. There are many, many different subdivisions of it. And when you think of Shaduchim, I don't think they would probably, I don't think Elisa Ben Shalom would refer to what she does as making Shaduchim, making matches. And there's a big difference between what a match is and what a Shaduch is. Now, a Shaduch is more of according to what you're talking about, Nachi. And uh, Elisa Ben Shalom is, uh, she's a matchmaker who happens to be focusing uh, uh, or concentrating on, on, on Jews in the uh, general Jewish community. Right. I will add that it happens to be on the show. Every single match she meets, she does talk about marriage. And she wants to hear, do you want to get married? What is your time frame? Mm -hmm. So for some people, it's a year. And for this one person I remember seeing on the show, it was like five years. And I'm thinking, what? You're going to date this girl for five years? Until you get... It's so foreign to me. But that's the point. I can't come in here with my standards and impose that on the show. You have to understand who this show is for. It is not from people. I really challenge people. I, I'm not challenging you to watch the show and evaluate for yourself. I happen to be in this space. So this is my field research. But this, you have to understand what the average other secular Jew or non-Jew is looking at in terms of this. And, um, yeah, I, I think it's great for them. So I, I, I totally hear. I was talking to somebody prior to coming on here, and they were – very, very passionate that this is a big Hashem. They were saying how uh, this is not a Tznia show. Uh, it's a show that has unnecessarily some scenes that just aren't Tznias. Yeah. And if you're if you're pegging something as Jewish matchmaking, you would think that they would be sensitive to the Jewish community. Um, my my answer to them sort of is the term Jewish is very broad and Orthodox is is the sort of the term that they're probably speaking about. Um, and what you just said, like this show is not for from Jews. It's not even about yeah. from Jews, although they do have a from Orthodox matchmaker. So what is Netflix, though, trying to accomplish by doing this? I know. It's so interesting. And I'm just going to step back to answer your question more completely. Like one of the matches she was saying she was reform. OK, and she's like, I've like have a really hard time in Jewish matchmaking and I've never met a reform matchmaker. Right. So I think it's great that you have an Orthodox matchmaker working with non-religious clients and and really teaching them. Jewish values and, you know, as much as she can, you know, Torah values and, and translating right. it for this audience. So um, you're, now your specific question, you have to remind me what you just asked. No, I just, what's, oh, what's, what's Netflix's... Netflix's I mean, I commend them for casting Aliza in this role. I've been following Aliza for years on Facebook. She's the real deal. She, and that's what, you know, the fact that, that they, that they are willing, you know, whether she's a foil to Julia Hart, I don't know if they were interested in that. I, I honestly don't even know. Like, you, thank you for showing us this. As I said, she has star quality. She's fantastic in front of the camera. And everyone is loving her. They're they're loving an Orthodox woman in a shaitel. She wears a, wearing a scarf one scene. They show her with her husband in this wonderful relationship. She lives in Israel. Like, Thank you. I, this is like, I would never, ever imagine that we would see a woman like this, a from woman like this on the screen on Netflix, never would imagine it. I, I would, I would, I, I, I think they deserve, let's, I think they deserve to be appreciated for this move. And yes, I cannot reiterate enough. This is, this is, this is not kosher for us. And it's very important to try to see a much more bird's eye view of what is happening in Hollywood in terms of Orthodox representation. This is positive Orthodox representation for us. Can I say a caveat? I think it's, Please. I think it's a start. 
this is a great start. I applaud it, but we can do better. And I hope we have better. I would love to see more of like a serious documentary style film made about Orthodox Jews with Orthodox Jews, you know, as producers who are involved in it, who are really painting a slice and showing a slice of our life. No, if you think um, Jewish matchmaking is going to really show a slice of our life, no, that's not what this is. Think of this as the from woman coming in and teaching the secular Jews who are so me- you know, mixed up in the mess of secular dating a thing or two. That's what she's doing. Great. But this is not this is not the end goal in terms of you know the full picture of the level of representation that I think we you know we might aim for if we even feel like that's necessary as Orthodox Jews. No, you know, all, all media <clears throat> is uh, is agenda driven uh, to an extent. Even the news that you watch at night, they're trying to um, hammer home a certain type of, uh, uh, in most cases, a liberal type of uh, leftist philosophy that right. they would like people to internalize and adopt. And you take a show like uh, Fowder, for example, which one of the hottest shows uh, also, I think, is from Netflix. And, you know, it's uh, it's about uh, Israeli commandos fighting uh, Palestinian terrorists uh, in Gaza. But there's always a, a leftist tilt to it where one of the main characters is uh, favorable to uh, the wife of an Arab terrorist. And, and that's what happened in the last uh, series because he told her uh, certain uh, secrets uh, and she, he had had his whole group uh, nearly murdered as a result of it because the premise is that the premise in something like Fowder is that um, yet yeah, the Israelis are tough uh, and they're fighting a tough war and they have a difficult enemy but at the end of the day is they're really wrong and they're really overdoing it and there really has to be more balance and uh, they're doing the same thing here uh, uh, we're trying to portray, we're trying to define something as orthodox, which are uh, uh, mostly an ignorant, uh, uh, the ignorant masses are not familiar with, and trying to uh, deliver this as uh, as being orthodox. So, uh, are they though? Are they trying <clears throat> to deliver this as being orthodox? Uh, they clearly are putting the protagonist of the show, who is someone who follows an ancient tradition and is teaching Jewish ideals on Netflix and putting her in a positive light in a mentorship role and in a guide as a guide and who is someone who's very likable. I mean, that I think is fascinating. This goes against exactly what you're saying, that traditional you know, liberal um, approach that we are backwards. <laughs> but instead, she's right. absolutely being applauded and she's doing a fabulous job so, in this role. So I first of all, you're bringing the perspective that I didn't know about because um, as much as I'd love to spend all day on Twitter and, and go through it, I, I, like I, do. I don't know. I don't think there'll be. <laughs> no, I'm not saying you do. You do a better job of, of on Twitter than I do. But but if the public response to this is positive yes. and they're looking at Jews in a positive light, that is that is yes. great. That is something that is good. Um, and I hope that, like you said, I hope the ball continues to get pushed in a way that Netflix, which reaches uh, billions of people around the world, can continue to be used in a way that can um, maybe it should definitely be different than they've used it in the past as, mm-hmm. it, as it pertains to from Jews. The, the shows that they've been busy with producing have not been positive ones. They have not showed us in the best of, in the best light. So hopefully this is a, a change of direction. And, and, and like you said, Alex, and I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, I'm sorry for taking up so much of your time. We'll let you go. But like you said, um, this is not for a from audience. It's not for from Jews to watch. 
but maybe that's the secular Jewish audience. Perhaps this can uh, inspire something in their in their in their pentaliad. Yeah, wouldn't that be amazing? And inspire Netflix, yes, as you absolutely. said, to continue. This is the first step. All right, God willing. Thank you so much uh, for joining us in the Daily Thread, and we'll speak to you soon. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, Nahi, uh, I think that kind of um, matchmaking that uh, you're talking about will never allow cameras to uh, to, to film or video uh, because it's so specialized. It's so specific. You know, 100%. There, uh, they had a scene in Harbor Grill of a, of a date being recorded. Like that, That's never going to happen in, in the from world. No guy, no girl in the from world is letting – Of course. She said that Alex had, Alex had said that there is a – seen in the show of a from a from couple on a shidduch date like what type of from couple allows their date no, one that's something unusual going on between them uh, it's not the conventional traditional way of doing things it's a very specialized uh, industry or uh, so to speak and it's also very private and it's not something that lends itself to uh, a netflix uh, video crew to join you on your uh, on your sixth date, when when you're ready to uh, yeah. drop the shot, where's drop the shot? Why do a show and drop the shot? What does it mean? Drop the shot? Pick the shot up and drop him on the floor, or drop her on the floor? Where does it mean? There's certain there's certain there's certain phrases uh, and concepts in Jewish shidduch life that wouldn't make sense to anybody else. Can you imagine? Yeah. Well, listen, I, I would sign up to see a show with P.D. Roth and Lisa Elephant. <laughs> Do you want to see somebody pick GPD Roth up and drop him? Is that what you want to see? I don't think I don't think you want I, to see not, that. I don't think PD wants to be picked up or dropped. Well, what, you have to explain what does it mean to drop the shot? You know, but that is what that's one of the key turning points in the from shidduch dating process, right? When we, that's yeah. like almost that's a that's the second most important thing to will you marry me? Okay. Once they agree to drop the shotgun, and it can get hurt being dropped. Depends what they're dropping them from. But once, once uh, they drop the shotgun, that already is the the thing is already on its own. It has its own energy, and that's not something that's going to be totally co- that's not going to be covered in a Netflix show. Yeah. Well, uh, that was Alex Fletcher. We really appreciate her joining this program to speak about that, and we look forward to having other guests speak about different topics. I know we have Zusha. God willing, will be joining us one day this week to discuss oh, their new things that they're doing in the music world. Um, but let's end off this episode speaking. You are in Israel right now. Uh, yes, I am. You are there for. I am. You're there you, because our. Yeah, your grandmother, uh, we mentioned, I think. Uh, did we mention it? We didn't mention it. Uh, we did not your mention grandmother, it. My mother in law, Hannah uh, Nudel, passed away early Friday morning last week. And uh, she is buried here in Eretz Yisrael. And. Um, in um, in Erzachayim in Beit Shemesh uh, this morning at uh, 9 a.m. Uh, Israel time, which is the middle of the night uh, on the east coast uh, of New York, where where, where you are. So um, I left uh, me and uh, your mother um, left New York on Sunday morning at 11 a.m., uh, which I, I don't think I've ever taken a flight at 11 a.m. Uh, to Israel uh, before. It's, it's a, we definitely have. I've taken one with you at 11 a.m. No, no. 11 o'clock in the morning now? Can you know what time we landed? We landed We landed at 10 after 4 a.m. I'll tell you. We left. When we went for Sukkot a couple of years, a few bunch of years ago, not a few, like at least six, six seven years ago, um, we left that morning uh, to Israel. We landed around 5 a.m. Well, I don't remember that. But I, remember the, I remember thinking <laughs> to myself through most of the end of the flight, what are we going to do at 4.20 a.m.? 
You know, but first of all, I have to tell you that uh, Ben Gurion Airport is packed at 4:20 a.m. And not only are they packed with people coming and going, there's Nigerians and Indians and the Israelis and the Americans, and the airport is full. And not, the the shocking thing to me was walking through the airport to get to the luggage carousels. You pass by the restaurants. I know people are traveling, and it's 4:20 a.m. But they're eating like it's the middle of the, like the middle of the day. They're fresh away. It always goes back to it. Always it always goes back to back to the food for you. No, it's not it's not, it's not true for me. I'm just making an observation. It's a little bit unusual to see people dining at 4:20 a.m. When did I when did I, so how's when, the, did I, when did I mention food previously? I don't remember mentioning food. Ever on this program? I didn't say. I'm not saying ever. I'm saying that there are times when uh, you know, uh, dining uh, certain types of foods are an essential part of Jewish life. I just think that an international yeah. airport, which happens to be in Tel Aviv, and you're they're there at twenty after four or four thirty in the morning, that it's a little bit unusual. And you have to understand also there was a big lug bulb crowd coming in. The, the the plane was packed with people that are going for two or three days to uh, Eretz Yisrael. Yeah. And, you know, proof of that was, even though the plane was packed, there weren't that many people waiting for their luggage because they didn't bring luggage. They had a couple of things right. uh, in their carry-on. They were going to be here until maybe late uh, Tuesday night or maybe till Wednesday morning. And then they were out of here, back to the to the regular lives. They just want to be in Eretz Yisrael for the Yerzad of Rav Shirin Bayechoy. They want to be in in Maron uh, tonight or tomorrow night, uh, depending whenever the uh, the action takes place, and uh, and Israel is hopping, and it was hard to get a. Yeah. I have to tell you, it was very difficult to get a seat on an airplane because of a uh, live well, well, the nishama of Chanaba Shlomo Shmeru should have an aliyah. Bubby Nudel lived a long, long life. Baruch Hashem, she lived to the age of ninety-two years old. Not an easy one. She lost all of her siblings and her parents. Uh, before leaving Poland and coming to the United States, mm-hmm. uh, where she married and had five children, and um, and lived the whole life, lived the whole life here. But you know, yesterday uh, on on Friday early, she passed away. Right. And uh, this is the, this is the week of Shiva. Right. So we're here in Eretz for a few days, even sitting Shavia, and uh, we're we're here in a, in a hotel, and we send out some notices to our friends that live here and people that are visiting here. And that are calling here, and we'll be here till Thursday, and we'll be doing the rest of the show at home in New York. Okay, well, that is our program for today of the Daily Thread. Of course, stay tuned for more episodes coming your way. Make sure to subscribe to our channel on YouTube. Seventy something percent of you are still not subscribed. You're watching the episodes and you're liking them. Right. You're not subscribing, so hit that subscribe button. And we hope to see you again tomorrow here on the Daily Thread.